Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. It's called Hollywood! Hey guys, this is Peyton Guthrie, uh, joined as always by Matt Burden. Uh, Matt Burden, uh, Alan Kenny will be joining us uh, in a delayed join uh, here at uh, Through the Keel, an OU fan podcast. Uh, dreadful start to this uh, <laughs> podcast, but I am in the dumps with the worst sinus infection I've had in my life. I got like, had somebody had to come to my house and like, carry me to like a, a health clinic and they're like see this boy make him better <laughs> uh, but i think it's just oklahoma spring uh, as always is punching me directly in the sinuses matt how, how's things going on your side uh, pretty well pretty well um allergies also are kicking my ass um i went and bought two separate uh, nasal sprays today just to see if anything can do the trick i'm, I'm trying anything uh, at this point so uh, doing well, but yes, allergies, my, my normal popped allergy pill, whether it's Zyrtec, Claritin, whatever, um, do my allergy eye drops and then my nasal spray. Uh, that's my three-step process to start my morning every single morning because my allergies, I'm just allergic to just outside, I think is what <laughs> I've narrowed it down to. I'm allergic to just being outside. Yeah, I've uh, I've got the antibiotics, uh, trying to crush this whole thing down. But uh, okay. yeah, it's it's got this. They got the spray and they got the stuff, and they're walking me through it. And I was like, I know, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> I took too long to deal with this stuff. Uh, but people did not tune in today to uh, 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 through the keel and OU fan podcast to listen to our allergies, our seasonal allergy discomfort, and they came to to to, to find out more about uh, OU. OU sports and uh, college uh, sports as a whole. Uh, we're going to start off the top talking about an historic OU softball season. OU uh, softball, they win the regular season. They go undefeated in conference play, which I feel like you have to put a little asterisk next to it. I get that Baylor, when they played them, it wasn't right. in conference play, but it's still a conference opponent. I mean, it it's kind of here, here, you know, neither here nor there. Uh, they have the uh, what, a 41-game win streak at this point in time. Very, just so tantalizingly close to the Arizona 47 uh, game win streak, which would put them to the record. Uh, looking back, I mean, what's your thoughts just on this season? I mean, do you think it, as of this point, as a regular season, is a, a step above last season? I think, for me, I think their pitching is a step, is definitely a step above. Uh, I mean, they're really they're really doing it with a, th- a three person rotation there with Jordy ball, uh, Alex Starocco and Nicole may they're, they're all three. Uh, the, all three of those, of those women would be 
number ones at basically any other college that they went to. But and OU has them basically in just a, a three person rotation, and that's I think that's just been the thing they haven't had to score, you know, eight like 15, 18. They haven't had to had to do all that. Now they're very capable of that. They've they've had less run rules this year. It feels like than they did last year, simply because I mean, you take out the best hitter of all time and Justin Allo, uh from this lineup. Um, and you know, that's, it's just what happens. She was basically a guaranteed, uh, hit or a guaranteed home run basically every time she was at the, at, at the plate. Uh, so this season, I think definitely, uh, pitching and defensively they're, they're a lot better than they were last year, but, um, that's not saying they were slouches last year. I'm just saying that that's just how good they've been this season, um, at the mound. And then, um, yeah, hitting not probably not as good. Like I said, you take away the best hitter of all time, uh, out of a lineup. I, I don't, that lineup's not getting better. Uh, it'll get a little bit worse, but that being said, it's not like they're bad. It's not like they're bad, man. It's just, they've gone about it different ways. Like still, they still run roll people. They still do that. Um, but it's been, it's been a little bit different this year. They, they've eked some games out, won some close ones against some tough opponents. Like the big 12 is a very tough uh, conference as well when it comes to softball. So uh, not losing a game in conference play asterisks with the Baylor game, but uh, yeah. that's, that's just incredibly impressive. And Patty Gasso, she just, she does it again. Yeah. And I mean, the stuff you're talking about the offense, I mean, even still, you don't have, you know, the home run queen, but you still lead the nation in, um, whether a uh, batting average, you right. lead the nation on base percentage, you lead the nation in runs per game. <laughs> you right. are second by one home run in home runs. Uh, you know, you're first in home runs per game. It, it's it's not like it, it's just the wealth was was spread completely all the way through the yeah. roster. I think last year at times you had a, a, a dominant force in the middle of that lineup. Uh, and this time it's much more of a complete team that seems like, hey, we can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, Alex, uh, you know, obviously Alex Ronco coming in to be, you know, that, what was that, 1A, 1B type of thing. Literally, uh, yeah. And then and really just kind of hammer it down. Yeah. Nicole May, at least, it, 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 she would technically be OU's number three pitcher. Yeah. I mean, hell, she was, I, I don't, she still may be, be leading uh, all of college softball and ERA. Uh, right. I mean, like, it's just, it's insane, man. And I think, um, and like I said, like, I'm not saying them losing Jocelyn Allo and they got way worse. I'm saying they're still the best in, in college softball. It's just, they're not that like elite, like lineup that we saw top to bottom last year, just because Jocelyn Allo is not there anymore. They're still extremely good and the best in college softball, uh, as far as hitting, but, they're just not like, I mean, they just don't have Johnson Hollow anymore. They're just doing it different ways. I think that it's been a little bit different for Tiara Jennings because Tiara Jennings uh, this season, she hasn't gotten up to her home run to- totals that she, she had the past couple of years when, whenever she's hitting behind Johnson Hollow, where if they walk Johnson Hollow, which a lot of people did, they intentionally walked Johnson Hollow a ton. She got the Barry Bonds treatment um they weren't gonna they weren't gonna walk tiara jennings so all of a sudden you're gonna pitch to jennings every single time and that's almost as dangerous as pitching to jocelyn olive so um it's been cool jada coleman i think might win like player of the year yeah like she's been awesome um she's like 
also another thing too, I just talked about it, like I talked about it with my dad some too. Like they just like as far as the eye test goes, you know, the eye test, whenever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about any sport, you're talking about basketball, football, whatever. OU softball passes the eye test. Like they're not they're not like, you know, short, like five five, like slapper. They're not all slappers. No. Like you look at Kenzie Hansen, look at TRA Jennings. They look like they could go suit up for the basketball team right now and fit right in. They're like six feet tall, athletic, the way they move. Jada Coleman as well, just insanely athletic. Like she whenever she's running, it looks like I mean, everything is moving. Like like Adrian Peterson used to. Like she's like when remember when Adrian Peterson used to run, like the head yes. started bobbing and everything yep. was moving. Yep. Like that's how Jada Coleman moves. I mean, she like she runs uh like a deer, man. So it's uh it's just like couple that with having the best softball players in America, they have the best athletes as well. Like it's just it's crazy. I don't know uh how Patty Gasso does it, but uh kudos to her. I think that's the most impressive thing too, is like they don't get content with their success. They don't get, you know, just bored by their success either somehow, some way. Like they they are up for every single game. And uh, even the ones where they're they don't look like they're up for they some they still somehow like dig deep and find a way. It's just um, it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, so you've even got something you know kind of going on with um, you know they're in the Big Twelve uh, conference you know tournament at this point in time. Uh, do you think they have? I mean, they have they have the opportunity. Obviously, there's there's seven games away. Isn't it three game series? Each round, or is it just one? I can't remember how this one I works. Don't believe so. I, don't, I don't. I can't remember. So anyway, do you think they? Do you think they have? Do you think basically they can break this streak record? Break forty-seven. Finally, submit themselves as like just the number. If you look up softball records, it'll be Oklahoma Crimson, just at the right. top line. Right. I def- I definitely think they could. I, I just that's the thing, man. If you're if you're going to beat Oklahoma you have to you have to at least score like five runs and that's like yes. if you're if your pitching staff like is is on that day and they hold OU to four runs like that's insane but the chances of you scoring five on this defense and on this pitching staff is like slim to none like even Baylor when Baylor won when Baylor beat them early they scored four and that yeah. was off. That was off of uh, what was it? A uh, home run, like a three-run home run. Basically. Yeah. So it all came on basically just one swing, and like, yeah, that's the most they've given up uh, this year is is four runs. So like, it's just yeah, like you said, insane. you got to give up. You got to you need to score five on the you know the lowest ERA pitching staff in, right. in the nation. I mean, they're as as a group, they're giving up less than one. They're point eight seven. <laughs> right. You know, that's just their average. It's that's their, the, I mean, that, that's the hard part. And that's the thing that, that is insane to me that I, I don't, I don't think it goes unnoticed, uh, but it might whenever you're blowing teams out all the time, mm-hmm. but I think they're so good at the little things. They're so good at the details. Like if there, if there's a ground ball, they're not bobbling it. They're, they're fielding it, throwing them out at first. They're like, they don't let errors like stack up on top of each other. They don't make very many errors. And like, and that that's the thing that, kind of separates you if you if you make errors against OU they're gonna make you pay nine times out of ten like every single time yeah and OU just they just don't they just they're so good at like minimizing the errors and so good at the little things and the details that 
that's that's how they they get to win and especially whenever they don't have it that day like if they don't have it at the plate that day they can eke out a, a 4-2 win they can eke out you know a 3-1 win because they're so good at the little things and details defensively that that allows them to uh you know kind of have some leeway on on offense if that makes sense so you're saying they're not the team's not going to pull like the uh was it Tampa Bay Rays shortstop uh with the, the did you see that I don't think so uh, I think it was Tampa Bay mm. Rays. Anyway, well, no, yeah, yeah, he, I did. Caught, Wonder, he got yeah, the yeah. ball, he like flipped it into the air, grabbed it, and threw the guy out. And I was like, Pissed man, off that's all the dirty. Old heads. <laughs> I was like, that's dirty as hell. Uh, awesome. Well, speaking of softball, uh, guys, what I want to do here is we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. We have a signed softball, signed by the softball team, uh, which was a, sourced and procured by Davis. Shout out by the big Davis Shout runs out Twitter Davis. account. Uh, got that signed. Um, for the year 2023, what we're going to do is that the moment we hit 23 new subscribers, we're going to then raffle off the ball, just do a, a number, random number generator to who wins this OU signed softball. So anyone who's got friends, you got family, you want to get them signed up. It's four bucks a month. It's you know less than a cup of coffee at this point in time. Really helps us out. Really helps us bring in more interviews. Uh, have more time for a. Uh, you know, I, I did a spring game uh, breakdown where I broke down the three most impactful plays using some cool animations and gifts and screenshots. You should check it out. But it's patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Uh, that giveaway will be going until the end of the World Series of softball uh, to give everyone a big, long chance, long lead way to get us up to those 23 subscribers. So uh, I would appreciate it if you guys would share it out and do that. Again, check us out at patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Uh now that we're finished with softball, uh, we have been joined by our third co-host, Alan Kenny. <laughs> uh, how's it going, man? Oh man, I'm I'm getting by. Just finished off a, a brisket quesadilla that was as good as it sounds, man. Whew. It was excellent. That's that was the issue. You're like mid bites, being like, guys, give me ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, I got, I got, I got to make this one last. But I, I didn't have anything to add on softball anyway. So um, yeah, they're dominant. What else? Yeah, I mean, what yeah, else yeah. What else you're gonna do? What else you gonna do? Did you make the brisket yourself, or is this like a local spot you hit up? Oh, I made it myself. Oh, look at you! I've got about five pounds. This is a much different thing than brisket. But I've got about five pounds of pork belly sitting in the fridge waiting for me to get that thing and ask cast iron and get it going. Uh, yeah. that's, that's my weekend project is get that thing, uh, done up just right. Love me some pork belly. Um, nice. moving on to the next talking points. OU football, which Alan is deeply invested in. This is why he's here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we've got some transfers. We have a D2 transfer, uh, linebacker and the app state, uh, offensive lineman, uh, Connor near and Troy Everett. Uh, Alan, you know, the writing that you do for Crimson Cream Machine, or in and you know, the Twitter at the Twitter personality that you are, uh, have you been able to kind of put your eye, maybe like get your mind around OU taking these types of transfers again? It it still fits the mold of what Brent Venables is wanting to do in a transfer portal, at least what it seems like. Um, you know, OU doesn't seem like it's ever going to get like a Bear Alexander from Georgia to come to, <laughs> to come to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. It's going to be more of Connor Neal, uh, Connor Neer, and uh, Troy Everett. Is this just more of the same? Is this more of, hey, this is just kind of sh shoring up these these position rooms? Um, or do you think OU still has a chance to maybe make a, a bigger splash 
And we'll kind of talk more about these players individually in a second. Oh, I mean, <clears throat> the way it sounds, I mean, I think that, I mean, OU's kind of winding things up. I mean, you keep hearing about, uh, for example, there was a cornerback from Louisiana Lafayette that ended up, uh, I believe, with uh, Bama today. You know, uh, a receiver coming out of uh, Colorado. Colorado. Uh, yeah, that type of thing. I mean, you know, it, it's going to be it, – This it's just going to be pretty chaotic, I think, in the portal because – you know, I mean, well, like any other thing with recruiting, I mean, you know, you can always at this point now you can really, you know, leverage your different offers against, you know, in schools against each other. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it's always going to have an opportunity. The situation is never going to necessarily be uh, static. And in fact, OU's benefited from that in a couple of cases, like with Walter Rouse, for example, who, yes, uh, you know, committed to uh, uh, Nebraska after leaving Stanford, but ended up going to OU. Um, so, you know, I mean. I, I just I also don't think the like the caliber of player out there is particularly strong, you know, in terms of like a, a true difference maker coming in. I just don't I at this point I just really I really don't see it. Yeah, I think the you know Colorado uh, wide receiver or the uh I think the Michigan State wide receiver, mm-hmm. they have some very intriguingness about them that uh you know, from a position group that doesn't necessarily wow me uh, at this point in yeah. time, uh, especially kind of doing a little bit more of a deep dive on the spring game of seeing how uh, Lebby had to kind of spring some guys open for that. Um, and we can we can get into that, you know, as the offseason goes on of like best position groups and all that type of stuff. We're going to have a long offseason to fill time with. Uh, but to me, I think that is a position group that just needs one extra body. Yeah, just something... Uh, and maybe that's just me being on, on the outside looking in because you know, they did get the Texas kid. You know, um, my brain is stopping. They got the Michigan kid. Maybe they are. They have enough bodies there at wide receiver. I would just like to see another, you know, another aspect to that. I don't think that I don't think they're getting any of the guys they're in on. Right? Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, the Tyson kid already yeah. went to Arizona State. Yeah. Keon Coleman is basically <laughs> for what it. Sounds like what, like he visited Ole Miss and Florida State. Like, I don't know if he's visiting. Mm, I think he's from Louisiana too. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, LSU will be in there if they want to. Like, I don't know. Uh, is there any more money laying around to throw at Jordan Hudson? Like, I doubt that. So, I, like, I mean, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't know what they do at wide receiver if they want to bring anyone in. Yeah. Then we got Connor Near, uh, obviously, uh, Ferris State. Uh, a school I'd never heard of until this uh, commitment uh, was uh, was popped there. You have a, a Division two. I mean, that's uh, – and then coming all the way up here. You don't see that – I mean, Alan, Alan you, you've been on the grind longer than I have. I don't remember seeing this at the University of Oklahoma happen very much of someone from Division two coming all the way up to Norman and committing and being on scholarship immediately. Now, you know, group of five going to power five is one thing, but division two all the way up just seems like, you know, a massive jump in, 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 you know, in, in skill level and talent and competition. Um, the only thing that really kind of stuck out to me is thinking like, is are are the linebackers already on the roster? Are they not, coming into it is kip lewis not putting on the weight that needs to happen is you know jaron canick who played 1a kansas football and was a running back half the time is he not fully grasping everything of the linebacker position that he's needing and so they're just brent just needed another guy who just who's going to know these assignments um is there any 
from your perspective, Alan, is there any um, cause for concern for this pickup just individually? Oh, I mean, yeah, in the sense that, I mean, you'd rather not be reaching down into D2, right, to get, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> to, to get a transfer. Um, that's not to say that uh, Connor Neer can't, you know, come in and solidify things. I, I feels like, I mean, for one, one thing we do know about Brent Fennels is he's never going to be satisfied or happy with those inside linebackers. It just it That's true. Happen. Um, so the idea that he's not satisfied with how they progressed isn't surprising to me, but you know, it's also a case. So, I mean, like at that Mike linebacker position, you've got Canick, you've got, um, Kobe McKenzie, and then I don't know a whole lot of, uh, I mean, I believe they were playing walk, a walk on in the spring game. I mean, you know, it's the kind just the kind of thing where they're going to need, just you know depth more than as, as much as anything else now has it been established is he going to be on scholarship near is he do we know for sure oh um i believe so. this is me saying i believe so i i, I, I so i, I don't mean, know i'm not sure yeah i haven't heard specifically too so but um i mean i imagine he'll be in you know probably what saying second or third on the depth chart um either way so you know uh I guess it's cause for some cause for concern. Yeah. Um, I have seen just when you're talking about, uh, sorry, uh, when you're talking about the idea of, you know, Canick and then, and then, uh, Kobe McKenzie and who, who else after that, uh, you know, you, you have to kind of like dig through the tea leaves for this type of stuff, but everything I've heard is that Colby is doing all the linebacker stuff as well as you need to be doing at this point in time. So like yeah. he may be overplaying. I think for general Canick was like everyone's everyone had a cool heart moment when he, you know, left the Clemson committed and everyone's like, this dude's super fast. He's got the size. Um, and then Colby was, was kind of like shoved off to the side uh, <laughs> uh, for, from a fandom perspective who now seems like who, you know, if, if you're believing practice reports, uh, doing better if if not have played himself directly into a you know a starting position at that that middle linebacker spot so um having this type of thing having people be able to rotate in and out um i guess i guess will be helpful you're not having to play stutzman like 500 snaps a game would be uh you know generally helpful yeah i think he was number one on the team in snaps last year and it was i mean like up near a thousand so um moving on now to uh some larger stuff and Alan, you had a couple of thoughts on Twitter. Uh, I can't pull up in front of me, uh, but the NCAA gambling uh, bust to Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, I think you said something like, with the proliferation of all the gambling sites, there won't be more gambling thing, but there'll be more that we quote unquote know of or something along that nature. Um, do you do you think we're going to be walking into a brave new world where this is? just more and more common. I mean, I think it is more and more common. NFL, I think, had two people they've done it. The the Alabama head coach, uh, obviously, and now Iowa and Iowa State. Um, do you think the NCAA or these you know colleges, uh, the members, need to put a much stronger, harder, you know, stance on this? Um, you know, I that's that's uh, hard to say in terms of what would be most effective. I mean, the way I look at it, though, and the way I would describe it is imagine like this company developed, I don't know, a drone or something or a, a satellite or something that could, that was like 
really get so uh, huge uptick or improvement in catching speeding on the highway right so you know one day all of a sudden it clicks into place they start it up and you see the number of speeding violations cited like you know go through the roof well like did speeding that day just happen to be much higher than it was in the past or are they just getting better at identifying speeding right like i i think that we're going what we're going to find is that point shaving match fixing that kind of thing i don't think it's super common um but it's easier it will be easier to detect um you know it's it's almost or another way thing to compare it to would be like when a school gets caught uh paying players or got paying play got caught paying players under the old kind of rule regime you know everybody liked to point fingers and oh that's, that program's dirty or whatever but the truth is we only know what we know because they got caught you know i mean if if once you get better at detection uh you know it, it changes the whole game the way that things are going now instead with so much more of the market share moving from i would describe as you know black or gray market operators you know your local bookie or some shady outfit like in costa rica or whatever moving over to publicly traded companies that are backed by investment banks and hedge funds and it's, i mean that are really putting money into detecting cheating uh which is normally done through you know fairly uh fairly rigorous statistical analysis the more that you get of that the harder or the the more likely you're going to be to pick up on uh point shaving or match fixing any of that kind of thing it kind of reminds me from like a dumb caveman idea of of just uh like having the uh like the ai umpire in baseball they have like mm -hmm. the, for the yeah. pitch and strikes like all of a sudden you know is there a bunch more balls now or is it just able to identify this a lot easier or uh was it var in soccer um mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like hey it's it's, it's all there uh I guess tennis. I guess tennis is like the the super super case point of like this gets done right in within like milliseconds. Mm -hmm. um, everything else kind of takes its time. Enjoy great food and drinks at the original Norman Hotspot and its first cocktail bar. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails is our choice for quality meals and drinks to enjoy the next time you're looking for a great night out. With locations in historic downtown Norman on Main Street and the Paseo Arts District in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma fans from all over the metro can enjoy Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Also, be sure to pick up or ask about Scratch's ready-made old-fashioned cocktail at your local wine and spirit store. Take the best Scratch concoction home to sit on your lounge Chair and continue listening to this episode. Scratch Kitchen and Cocktails. Great food, drinks, and atmosphere. What do you think on this? Do you think it's just a, a, I mean, regardless, it's wrong. NCAA says it's wrong, even if they're not betting on Iowa games and all that type of stuff. And to be clear, I believe it is also is wrong because there's the thing of, hey, you get behind on other games, you start losing money somewhere else. Who knows what might happen? There's, there's, there's a, uh, an integrityness of the game to from people actually playing on the field, uh, but that said, I mean, Matt, Matt, when you think about it, like they're just on FanDuel saying, "Yeah, LeBron James is going to make his first free throw." Uh, right. <laughs> is, is there just such a, a major outrage to that? Uh, if it's not like 
And I guess the funniest point is that's Iowa and like they couldn't score any points whatsoever. So it looks like they're point shaving. Yeah, uh, like, right. Obviously that's the funny part. Uh, but you think them just being on FanDuel, I mean, is it that big of an issue, uh, especially as these conferences and as these teams uh, deal with gambling? Like the University of Oklahoma has partnerships with a lot of casinos, uh, you know, run by these tribal nations. Uh, is it is it not fair for the athlete to be able to partake in that just as a normal everyday citizen? There's there's part of me that thinks that once you like sign that letter of intent or or whatever or you know or, or you're Jameson Williams who got suspended from the from the Detroit Lions for, or Calvin Ridley or whoever that like yeah. I I think that you kind of you kind of sign up to like stop doing that. There's like a certain level to where you have to stop doing that now um whenever it's like hey oh i was just i was just doing it like on on basketball i'm a football player and i was doing i'm a college football player i was doing it on pro basketball that's where i feel like the lines get like a little bit blurred but uh as far as like because that was the thing with calvin ridley right is like he was still getting like he was still talking to his guys he was betting on his team to win but like he was still talking to his guys and therefore could have still gotten like inside information if you will yeah. like oh like oh this guy's not playing like we heard this guy's not playing okay uh, kind of like the, the alabama coach like i mean yeah. <laughs> the alabama coach what he did was basically giving inside info um to all these guys now that's where i think at some point to like make sure that these guys don't do that and which i don't think will ever happen is they would have to admit that college kids are employees and start paying them and basically stop that that would stop it because where if you got caught gambling then maybe then you're just you're you're sol you're off the team your your scholarships are broke you're you can no longer play this or, or that anymore it's just it's all weird it's all still so relatively new to me like the whole gambling uh side of things especially like since we don't have sports gambling here it's not legal so it, it's all a little bit new to me and like i don't know a part of me like putting myself in their shoes. If yeah. I'm a college football player, why shouldn't I be able to bet on an NBA game? Like why shouldn't yeah. I why shouldn't I be able to put five dollars down on the Lakers to win? Like Lakers money line or whatever. Like I, I there's a part of me that gets that. Um but whenever if you're if you're start if you start betting on like especially the sport that you play, that's yeah. that's where that's where I think it that, that draws the line. Very Freudian of you to talk about the punishment uh, being the reason why we would or would not do something. Uh, I, I tend to think even if they were employees, I, listen, I've seen a lot of employees do a lot of stupid stuff on their employee work phone and stuff like that. And they know they shouldn't be doing it. I don't think, right. uh, I don't think like well thought out stuff happens day to day in, in most human beings, <laughs> to be honest with you. Well, look, I mean, like the gambling companies are going to make the NCAA crack down on this. Like, yes. that's, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing to keep in mind. Like if, if the NCAA, the conferences, what have you want to continue these fairly lucrative sponsorship deals that they've got everything going on, then they're going to have to crack, figure, figure out a way to uh, crack down and deter this. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I feel, I guess I, you know, it's it's always kind of been the the third rail though in sports you know i mean just the idea the um you know 
uh, of the impropriety, you know, of gambling on sports. I mean, it's just it, it, for them, I think it's just such an easier thing to do just to make it a, a zero tolerance across the board, no sports gambling. And uh, in that way, you don't have to sort out like, oh, well, I was gambling on basketball or I was gambling on soccer. I mean, you know, I, I think just from an enforcement standpoint, that's probably what they'll I mean, that's that's the easiest way for them to do it. And we also just live in the society that just wants to gamble. I mean, uh, we, I remember it was announced that WWE is, WWE, the WWE is trying to get into that where you could bet on matches. And it's completely scripted. <laughs> like yeah, it blows my mind. I'm like, you, yeah. how is this even possible? They could just change the script. It happens. Like, things yeah. change. Uh, but they said they were trying to do it like how you could bet on the Oscars and all that type of stuff. Just got to keep leaks out. But it just... It seems insane <laughs> at that point in time. Uh, moving on to the uh, the last uh, last two little two bit uh, tidbits here. Uh, speaking of gambling, <laughs> uh, we have the uh, we have the win totals and the championship uh, conference championship odds have been released. Uh, OU sitting uh, OU and Texas leading the charge in the Big Twelve, both sitting at nine point fives uh, as the win totals. Uh, followed by Kansas State at set, at eight and a half, and then you got a l- decent little chunk of seven and a half and six and a half, uh, and then you know the, the two new schools, Houston and Cincinnati, uh, kind of being at the bottom there. Uh, what I think almost all the old, yeah, all the new schools are kind of in the bottom half there. Uh, Allen, Matt, Texas and Oklahoma sitting at nine point five. Is nature healing? Is nature is the Texas Texas and OU being at the top of this conference, uh, getting back to uh, the status quo of things? Matt, we'll start with I mean, you. I, I feel like it. I, I feel like it is, but I, I mean, obviously, even in Vegas, the win totals. I feel like always, it's always going to be OU and Texas. They, you know, traditionally just have more talent than everyone else in the Big Twelve. So it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but I just, I still think. I, I mean, I, th- I think that's right. Right. I, I would, I would say like nine and a half would be right because. Hell, everyone I talk to, hell, whenever we talk about it, it's hey, nine or ten wins would be good. Like so, I think I think nine and a half is perfect. Nine and a half is perfect, Alan. Do you think nine and a half is perfect for the University of Oklahoma? I mean, per, yeah. I mean, that just seems that seems about about right on. You know, I mean, coming off a two, six and seven season, yes. Yeah, yes, I mean, yeah. And, you know, you're looking at, I mean, the juice is about, I think it's 115 to either way. So, I mean, you're, you know, to, to go over under it's, I mean, that's, that's literally like just saying flip a coin, they win nine or they win 10, you know, I mean, Texas is slightly, slightly, OU's like minus 115 to go over Texas is minus 120 to go over nine and a half. So, you know, that's, that's implying Texas is, you know, especially when you factor in the fact that they've got the uh, game against Alabama, that it's, uh, you know, is a better team. Uh, I mean, to me, nine and a half seems, seems really dead on. I am, um, if, if I were to bet, I would probably take the under in that because I think I kind of have OU squarely pegged at nine wins. Uh, I think there's going to be a couple, I mean, there's still growing pains in this stuff. Texas, though, with, I'd kind of forgotten about the Alabama game, but I was going to say Texas is getting more and more hype. I thought maybe the nine and a half was a lower number for them. Uh, but yeah, if you were to quote unquote pencil in a loss for them, which I don't know if you can necessarily do that, 
Alabama's taking in transfers from Notre Dame uh, to play quarterback. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we can't truly pencil that in. Um, I, I guess if you were to pencil that in, nine and a half is kind of squarely right where Texas should be at this point in time. You know, it pains me, but I do think Texas does seem like the most complete team in the Big 12, but they almost always seem like the most complete team uh, talent-wise uh, across the board. Uh, is there anything um, in, in this uh, in these wind tolls that really sticks out to you at this point in time? Like I'm looking at Oklahoma State at six and a half. I think Oklahoma State has a chance to be terrible. Uh, yeah. But Gundy is a professional uh, college football coach who just knows how to eke out wins. Their, sched- uh, their schedule's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. OSU schedule is so bad. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can pull it up here. Oh, they don't have they don't play Texas this year, right? So no. Um, what are their non cons? It's very um, soft. The Central Arkansas, South yeah. Alabama, and Arizona State. Yeah, and Arizona State's essentially <sighs> starting over. You know? They get they get uh, OU and K State at home. Okay. Uh, they go at Iowa State. They get Kansas at home go to West Virginia, they get Cincinnati at home, to Houston, to UCF, and they get BYU at home. So they're the only school that got to play all four of the newcomers. Yeah, you know. It was like them and someone else. I think someone else did too. Or maybe maybe it was just Oklahoma State, but I don't know. But for six and a half, surely they can get. See, I'm looking. Here's the thing. I'm looking at it. Seven wins. They should be able to. I'm I'm looking at the the odds on it though to go over. Let's see, to go over six and a half is plus one ten. To go under is minus one forty. So if you believe in Gundy that much, I mean, you know, play the over, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah. Like uh, plus one ten. And then another number I want to point out here, it just kind of squeaked by. Little old Kansas at six and a half. Would would you ever thought we'd see the day? When it wasn't two point five, <laughs> I mean, this is that's that's a that's a big deal. That's I mean, honestly, not I'm not being you know facetious or anything. For the University of Kansas uh, football team, football program, being you know pegged in at six and a half, that's a big deal and a big step forward for that program uh, as is. Uh, I, I know we're we're we're, we're anything of that nature. Uh, Alan, is there a number here that you see that that looks interesting to you? You know. <laughs> Well, you know, Kansas is one. I mean, looking at it, uh, you know, it's plus 120 to go over six and a half. Um, you know, they've got a game, a non-conference game against Illinois. And I mean, you know, yeah. the way the way they're kind of trending, that that seems like uh, they'll probably be a dog. Uh, the line, they, Kansas will be an underdog to Illinois there. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. It's possible that if you were to play Kansas and OU, basically that game, the OU Kansas game in Lawrence might be the one that tips their season one way or the other is the way, you know, it's kind of trending. Um, you know, other ones, you know, maybe Kansas state, but again, to go under eight and a half, you, you have to lay one thirty. That's kind of where I, I am looking with them. Um, you know, I the rest of it. I don't know. Uh, not not none of this. None of these like just jump out at me as stuff jump like, out. oh god, I gotta go bet that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eight 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 and a half for Kansas State, and all the way. Uh, you know, giving Kleiman that a, a massive uh contract update. Congratulations mm. to him. Uh, to me, that seems kind of historically where he's going to be sitting at that 
you know, eight and four, nine and three type of record there. Uh, Kansas State's issue is always just depth. You know, have mm-hmm. do they have the depth to kind of survive the season? And I, I do think, you know, next year when Oklahoma and Texas are no longer in the program, and I say that full well knowing that they usually seem to beat Oklahoma and Texas recently, uh, 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 it might be easier for them to navigate that just from a health perspective of the you know, the body below theory and all that type of stuff with the remaining types of teams on there. You know, I guess there is one that is interesting to me, and that's BYU over six is plus 145. Now, I don't know the first thing about BYU's team this year. I haven't studied them at all, but typically even with the what you know looks like an upgrade to the schedule i mean you know it's it's byu they've got all those big physical dudes i think they've got you know uh home games late in the year too or so you'll have like ou traveling to provo you've got iowa state traveling to provo in in november um you know that that's that might be one to look at yeah we talked i i saw some uh discussions on twitter about the the knicks saying how hard it is to go to Miami at this time of the season. The plagues, <laughs> it's so hot. Uh, it got me kind of thinking, like, hey, we're all talking about OU going to BYU in November. We kind of forget some teams are going to have to go to Florida in September. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be rough on, on some of these Big 12 teams, uh, maybe the most the more northern teams kind of hitting that. Not to say, obviously, Oklahoma or Texas, not, there, not that they're not uh, you know scorching themselves in the yeah. summertime. <laughs> Uh, but also, I mean, you know, based on those over uh, over unders win totals, we've got Texas at plus fifteen to make it to the uh, conference champion, uh, win the Big Twelve, and Oklahoma at plus three thirty uh, to win the Big Twelve, uh, followed by Kansas State at four seventy, and then it's a giant drop off after that. It does seem it's a three team race at Texas, uh, Oklahoma, and Kansas State, and then a bunch of also rans. Uh, this is so so far out here. Uh, it, it does seem like they're they're. You know, Texas is being pegged as the favorite to to win this thing. Um, I, I guess so, so far out. Uh, Matt, is Texas back? I mean, are we no. seeing it for the first? No? Okay. No. <laughs> got to see it to believe it, man. I, you can't go. What, they go eight and five? They go eight and five yeah, last year? eight and five last year, yeah. Yeah, I got to yeah. Yeah. I gotta see better. I gotta see better than eight and five before I. But almost be bad. Before we crown them. I mean, if you gotta think about that, they got very close. I mean, they could have been. They did. They got. They could have been very a nine close. and four. If Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, man, then they probably still lose. But it, but you mm-hmm. know, it would have been interesting. I don't know. And Alan, I know you're uh, not the biggest fan of seeing these kind of numbers so far out. Why does Vegas do this? Why? I mean, why, why are they like trying to get bets now? I mean, I guess the spring games like just ended and it's hot on people's mind or something like that. I mean, uh, w- w- what's your thought process on these things being out here so 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 early? I mean, we're talking about it. Right? Yeah, that's, like, true. That's, that's true. That's <laughs> true. I mean, that's kind of it, right? No, I mean, you know, it gives you just a chance. I mean. The longer that you have these out, if you so long as you're comfortable with how you've set set your numbers, the longer you have them out there, uh, the more you know action you're going to get, or you know the more opportunities people have to uh, think about it, uh, the more opportunities they have to bet it. You know, if you just put them out a week before the season, you know, you I mean they've got other things on their mind too. You know, I mean, or they've got a million other things they're trying to bet on at the same time. Um, you know, I I think that. Uh, it also kind of gives helps them too if you know if they're smart to use it kind of as a 
like a market intelligence type thing, looking at who's betting what, where a lot of money's going, where they might be able to um, think and, and think about that, you know, kind of going forward. You hear a lot now, if you listen to um, bookmakers, lines makers that, you know, people who run sports books talk about, you know, going into the Super Bowl, for example, they'll say, well, you know, there's a lot of action on this side in the game, but the thing is we have so many uh, futures on this team that, uh, you know, we're kind of going to make out pretty well if they, if they, uh, if the other team wins that type of thing. So, it, you know, it's just, it's all about just getting more uh, bigger volume bets out there. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show, uh, finishing off uh, with our degeneracy, talking about incidentally <laughs> gambling for a good 25 minutes or so. Uh, I do want to uh, say thank you to Vanessa House for being the title sponsor. Uh, thank you to our new sponsor, Scratch. You would have heard them in the in the mid-roll, uh, Scratch in Oklahoma City and in Norman. Or if you can go to a liquor store, they have a pre-made old-fashioned uh, that's just in a bottle. Open it up, pour it, and you're done. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Uh, not, it's, you know, it's not like the, the $50 thing you go to a steakhouse for, but if you want something coming straight out of a bottle, it's pretty damn good, to be honest with you. Um, and then also our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash through the keyhole. Again, we are running to the end of the Softball World Series. We do have a softball signed by the softball team. If we can get 23 new subscribers by the end of that for the year 23, um, we'll raffle that off with everyone who's uh, subscribed to that. Um, thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, for Alan, Matt, um, Matt, get us out of here, man. Thank you guys so much. Boomer. Sooner. <laughs>